Hello, welcome back. I hope you're having a great day wherever you're listening from. Today, we are joined by Rachel Freeman, and I love today's conversation because her approach to nutrition is learning it as a skill. So she used to be an elementary school teacher and you know, she's used to teaching things and she saw this huge gap in the wellness industry where people weren't teaching nutrition as a skill. They were just teaching you, follow these rules. Don't ask why. Just follow what I eat in a day. Follow this new diet instead of actually learning the skills on how you can make your own decisions. So she's written a book about it and that's what she came to talk to us about today. And I think that you'll really get a lot out of this conversation. But before we jump in, if you are ready to start learning skills about your health journey, about how you can start incorporating fitness and nutrition and start creating a plan that works for your life, your busy life that you don't want someone else telling you what to do, but actually building these habits for yourself that works for your lifestyle, I do have our six-week program beyond the Hype Bootcamp available. So it's a six-week training program where you are actually learning the tools on how you can go about setting up a life to get results instead of another generic plan that you're going to fall off of two weeks later. So if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes below or just go to emilycoffman.org and I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Hey guys, today we are joined by Rachel. She's the CEO of MindStrong Fitness. She loves lifting. She's a coach. She's just passionate about helping others become their strongest, most empowered self. Thanks for joining us today, Rachel. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I wanted to start off. So your company is called MindStrong. What is MindStrong? Like, how did you come up with that name? What does it mean? Totally. So when I when I got into health and fitness, I have a very weird backstory. I was actually a middle school music teacher, which is <laughs> an odd transition to fitness. Um, but as I started just lifting on my own and getting into health and fitness on my own, what what I learned was that there were two huge gaps in the health and fitness industry. There was this element of mindset training. And so many times when we say mindset training, we think of glitters and unicorns and like feel good fluff, right? But the reality is that we can make all the external changes that we want. But if we're still telling ourselves the, the same old limiting beliefs, the same old BS stories that we play on repeat, we are going to self-sabotage. Like self-sabotage is not just some glittery word that people throw out as an excuse. It's a real thing that we do. And if we're not doing the work to accept this new lifestyle as part of who we are, we will actually self-sabotage to get back to that level of homeostasis. So what I saw in the health and fitness world is that everyone wants to tell you, eat this frozen meal, drink this shake system, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, we've all been through the cycle where we see changes and then we don't only, only take a step backwards. We take 10 step backwards because we're trying to get back to our comfort zone. And then the other piece that I saw missing was as an educator, as a middle school teacher, there were so many programs out there designed, you know, the old cliche of teach a woman to, or teach a man to fish instead of give him a fish where they want to say to you, just eat this, just don't eat this. And no one is teaching you nutrition as a skill. And for me, that was huge because I am one of those people who ran the gamut. I tried everything, low carb, high fat, low fat. And when I learned how nutrition actually works, it was this moment of, oh my God, like why is no one teaching this as an educator? Why is no one saying, hey, listen, you can learn to sew, you can learn to ride a bike, you can learn the skill of nutrition. 
And the answer is that on paper, that's bad business, right? If I teach you to fish, you don't need me anymore. You're not relying on my company or my point system. But for me at my core, I will never consider myself a trainer. I'll always consider myself an educator. So when the time came to make the leap and start my business, my internal conversation was, well, the world doesn't need another personal trainer, but the world sure as hell needs educators. It needs someone in the health and fitness world saying, listen, you don't need to rely on me forever. Give me eight weeks, give me 12 weeks, and I will teach you the skill of nutrition so that you don't need me or anyone else ever again. And that's, that's where MindStrong came from. That's an awesome story. And I love how you're able to take, you know, your background of being this middle school teacher into like, how can I educate people on something else? Because yeah. you said it's a skill, you know, it's just like how you learn to do taxes. Or yes. you learn <laughs> I'm still learning that one. I hate that one. <laughs> yeah, like nutrition's easy compared to that. Come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, taking this thing that can seem so daunting. And so like, you know, there's so many conflicting messages out there. Yeah you're taking that and you're like, actually, no, like it's a skill that we can build on. Exactly. A hundred percent. And at the end of the day, you know, and on paper, it sounds like such a drastic lifestyle shift to go from middle school teacher to health and fitness coach, but there's this underlying thread of helping people be their best selves, right? It wasn't a coincidence. I taught middle school because middle school is a very confusing, just awkward stage of life. And I love that. I love being able to shape little people into good human beings and for me, health and fitness is never going to be about a number on a scale. It's never going to be about how you look in the mirror. It's about how you show up in the world because our energy is the single most important thing we have. And especially dealing, I tend to deal primarily with middle-aged women where we've spent our entire lives with these limiting beliefs, with the struggle with nutrition. And for me, seeing people be like, holy cow, this really is a skill. I just never learned it this way. It's not that I lack willpower. It's not that I'm destined to be overweight. I just never learned it the correct way. And I say correct on purpose because there is a correct way to make it stick. And then we just start to release all those BS stories that we've held on for our whole lives. And it's it's a new lease on life. I, I call it unleashing your best life because that's that's what happens when you let go. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to get into a little bit more about that phase of how you came into this space because even when you were a middle school teacher, like you didn't have an athletic background. You weren't you know, you didn't study this. So how did you come into the fitness space? Like what motivated you now to like, this is your life. Like you love it so much. It's your life. <laughs> yeah. It was a super organic process. It was never like, I'm sick of teaching. It's time to do something else. I thought I'd be a teacher forever. I absolutely loved it. I, I love working with kids. I love, as I said, like helping shape them into good people. For me, you know, middle school teaching is is not an easy job. Any kind of teaching is not an easy job. You're, you're overworked, you're underpaid. It's exhausting. And I just started lifting heavy things at the end of the day as a way to let out all that stress because teaching requires a level of patience like nothing else in this world. So the gym just became my release. And after a while of doing it, you know, you start to see the difference, you start to feel the difference. And I had so many teacher friends would just come up to me in the hallway and be like, hey, you know, I'd love to go to the gym, but I'm intimidated. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm too out of shape. I don't know where to start. So I would tell them, hey, you know, I'm going after work anyway. Why don't you just come with me and I'll show you some stuff. And for me, whenever I tell this story, there's always this feeling of like, it was almost selfish of me because when the feedback I started to hear from them were things like, I feel like a better teacher. I feel like a better parent, a better spouse, because the me that's showing up has this confidence that I haven't felt in 20, 30 years. And everyone around me is feeling that. And selfishly, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to help people feel that all the time. 
Um, and it just became this organic process where I started helping more and more people. Then I started doing some in-person training after, after work. And it came to a point where I was like, listen, I have this many hours in a day and there's a cap to how many people I can help if I'm going to do this in person. And that's not enough for me. There, there is such a gap in the health and fitness world. Like we were talking about earlier with education, where the teacher in me wants to shout this from the freaking rooftops, right? Like I want to tell people this is a skill. And the easiest way to do that was to switch to a fully online business. So um, mindstrong has been online for two and a half years now, well before the COVID days. And it's incredible. I get to, I have clients in New Zealand, Australia, London, and it's incredible to sit here in my Tucson apartment and be able to help people all over the globe in that way. Yeah. No, it is an addicting feeling, not only personally to be like, I'm showing up better, but then you see the people around you too, like getting that confidence back in themselves just by going to the gym. It's like, how does that even work? Like it's right? so impactful. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it, it definitely is a win-win. Like I get to wake up every day and do work in this world that literally helps people unleash this, this fire that has dwindled down over the years. And they get their life back in a lot of ways. For many people, it's it's the best version of their life they've ever experienced. And there's nothing better <laughs> than that on both sides. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you created this business, you know, this MindStrong, your personal trainer. But then you also recently released your book this past year, Becoming MindStrong. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that's about? Yes, for sure. Am I allowed to curse on here? Yes. <laughs> okay. So the full title of the book, I always like to check because otherwise you're going to have to bleep me. Uh, the, first, the full title of the book is called Becoming Mind Strong, The Truth About Health, Fitness, and the Bullshit That's Holding You Back. And I like to say the book is 70% mindset or 70% mindset, 30% nutrition. And again, when we talk about mindset, especially in the health and fitness space, so many of us are accustomed to like looking in the mirror and saying these mantras and, you know, glitter and rainbow. And there's a place for mantra. There's a time and place for all that stuff. I'm, I'm totally woo woo. I believe in all that stuff. But again, I'm very big on learnable skills. I, I want to put in the work. I want to see on paper that this is working. So a lot of the book is based around all the stuff that I would teach one-on-one -on -one with clients of digging into those limiting beliefs we hold about being destined to be overweight, the fact that we've tried and failed a million diets and we deep down believe nothing's going to ever stick for us. And a huge part of it also is understanding that even if you've tried 100, 150, 200 diets, which many of us have, by the time we're, you know, a lot of my clients are in their 40s, 50s, we've run the gamut on these diets. And we'll do exercises in the book. There's one exercise, it's one of my favorites where we'll put, we make a list of every single diet you've ever tried in, in one column. In the second column, you make a list of how the diet was supposed to work. So maybe it's follow this point system, eat these shakes, eat these frozen meals. And then in the third column, we start to establish the fact that even if it was 150 diets at their core, they're all the same diet. They're all designed to tell you what you can or can't eat. And we get deep in the book into human psychology and human nature. And the fact that anytime you tell yourself you can or can't do something, you are setting yourself up for failure, right? One of my favorite examples is if I tell you right now, think about anything you want, anything in the world, except a blue elephant, your mind is automatic. Like it's right there, right? You're picturing a blue elephant in your mind because it, it doesn't like to be told what not to do. But yet when it comes to health and fitness, we put these horse blinders on and we say, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then we're shocked when we cave. And then when we cave, we binge. So a lot of the book, when I say mindset, it's not just sitting there staring in a mirror saying woo-woo things. It's really addressing like, hey, I'm all for per personal ownership. But at the end of the day, this really isn't your fault. 
you've been trying to blindly follow 150 diets your whole life instead of someone saying, listen, here's a skill. Let me teach you the skill and we can release all that bullshit. And then the second half of the book is actually getting into the skill of, of what I, it's called macro tracking, which is how I teach nutrition. And we actually get into the nitty gritty of macro tracking and you walk away from the book with your personal macro numbers and how to get started on it. Yeah. So it also sets them up to, this is the skill once you unlearn all this other stuff. Exactly. It's like, get your head in the right place to learn this. And now let's learn it so that by the time you're done with this book, you have not only the skills logistically to do it, but the mindset to support the journey you're about to go on. I love that, especially with, you know, mindset and psychology. A lot of people, you know, might not pay attention to it because they're like, oh, I don't need that. But you know, what I've been doing is looking back and it's like, okay, how many messages have we been told, you know, growing up of like certain ways, not even that you should look, but just like what exercises do girls versus boys do yes. or, or just stuff like this that I might not have said it out loud or it might not be a belief of mine, but if that's the messaging that's around you, that's kind of what you pick up. And so I think that's a huge part of when you are going through this process. It's like, okay, actually, what are some things that we can unlearn like those diets that you laid out? A hundred percent. And that's, you know, that's something I talk about a lot within like my Facebook group and with my clients is so much of this stuff. I mean, this is anything in life, right? So much of health and fitness, I always say hashtag bigger life statement where, we've heard our parents and their parents and their parents sit there and say things like, oh, I, I just smelled a whiff of pizza. And now I gained 10 pounds. And it's crazy, especially back in my middle school teaching days, I would see 11 year old girls say, oh, I ate a piece of pizza last night. I feel fat. Like at that age, you're not really mature enough to feel fat from a piece of pizza, but they know to think that way because it's been passed down to them. And that's not a judgment on parents. Like we all do this stuff. But one of my favorite things about learning nutrition as a skill about macro tracking is it's funny. I didn't coin this term. I've heard so many of my clients use this term that now I picked it up. They say that it heals their relationship with food. And to me, that's such a beautiful way of saying this because that's what it does. When you stop viewing foods as good or bad as can or can't, suddenly a donut is not a bad food. It's not the most nutritious choice you could make, but there's a way to fit a donut into your nutrition plan and still lose weight. And when you give yourself that freedom and you give yourself that choice, six months from now, you look back and you've healed your relationship with food. And then your kids or your students or whatever little people are around you, they pick that up and they absorb that. And that's how we change the industry is through the trickle down effect of kids viewing their parents having this healthy relationship and then they develop one for their for themselves yeah no i don't know if you've seen the cover of girls gone healthy but it's me with a donut i'm all yes. for fitting in <laughs> donuts to your diet i and love then, that <laughs> yeah and then i'd like to kind of challenge you here so yeah. i think that there's like a few different ways to build nutrition skills like there's macro counting or calorie counting or other versions so why do you think that macro counting really worked for you and works well for your clients I love this question. So macro tracking to me in the, is the be all end all in terms of what the ultimate goal is. That said, I have had plenty of clients that we start jumping into macro tracking and they're just not ready for it. And that's okay. So what we need to understand is that at the end of the day, weight loss comes down to calories in versus calories out. So if you want to start by just calorie counting, that that's a fantastic place to start. But when we talk about fueling your body for body composition, to make your body shape up the way you want, when we talk about fueling it the way it was designed, that needs a balance of carbs, fat, and protein. Those are your macronutrients, carb, fat, protein. So as you know, I'm just stating this for listeners. I'm not teaching you anything you don't know. 
So when we're talking about how our human bodies are designed, they're designed to function off a balance of a certain amount of carbs, certain amount of fat, certain amount of protein. So with macro tracking, it's just like a financial budget. The example I like to use is if I gave you $100 and said, this is yours to spend on whatever the hell you want. The only rule is you have to spend all 100 today. Well, now you have the freedom of choice. You could make tiny purchases all day and going on a shopping spree at night. You could be stingy with your money all day. However you want to spend it is up to you. And that's the freedom we give ourselves with macro tracking. You know your goal, carbs, fat, protein. How you spend them, what you spend them on is totally up to you. I can budget in, quote unquote, that donut and choose to spend more carbs and fat. And that doesn't mean I cheated. It doesn't mean I binged. It doesn't mean the day is shot to hell. It means I budgeted for that. And I'll be stingier with those macros as the day goes on. Now, that said, to your point, I have a lot of clients who just the act of staying within their caloric range, it's a challenge. And that's true for a lot of us. This is new. It's a different way of eating. It takes time and practice. So sometimes we will take a step back and say, you know what, let's focus on our goal calories for the first four weeks, five weeks, and use that as a baby step to get momentum. And the next step will be to start paying attention to macros. And that right there, this is a bigger conversation than what you just asked. But to me, this is the single biggest mindset shift we can make is this idea of all in, all out is the single biggest stumbling block when it comes to a health and fitness journey. So if that means that we're not ready to jump straight to macros, awesome. Let's use calorie counting as a stepping stone to get there, right? With workouts, if we're if you're doing zero workouts a day, I don't suggest you go try to rock five, six days a week because you're going to be sore. It's going to be miserable. You're not going to stick with it. So let's start with two days a week of workouts. It's all about those baby steps and those moment and that momentum. So I think calorie counting is a fantastic place to start. For some people, that's enough. But for me, macro tracking really is the be all end all when it comes to energy and body composition. Yeah, no, I, I liked your point too with, you know, the budgeting per day, because I think the place where calorie counting really lacks is, you know, say in the morning you start off with a bunch of donuts <laughs> and so you're high on your calorie list and it's like, oh, well, I better not have this protein for dinner. And it's right. like, okay, right. well, maybe we're balancing wrong here because, you know, if the only thing that you're tracking is those calories. But on the other hand, you know, with macros, you do have that budgeting allowed. It's a little bit more freedom there. Well, also knowing like how to use different foods to fill you up and keep your energy up. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the biggest question I get when I tell my clients, and I'm sure you've experienced this, weight loss is calories in, calories out, right? So the question I always get, because I love Krispy Kreme donuts, anyone who knows me knows that I refuse to live a life that doesn't include Krispy Kreme donuts. So they say, okay, so if I have to eat under 1500 calories a day, in theory, could I eat 1500 calories of Krispy Kreme donuts and lose weight? And the answer is technically, yes. Technically, you could eat 1500 calories a day of donuts and lose weight. The problem is you would die, right? Because there, there are not any micronutrients. There's no vitamins and minerals in there. So the idea with macro tracking is one, we want to make healthier choices the majority of the time while still allowing for those fun foods. And that's a huge point, especially in the health and fitness world to, to have a coach say to you, I encourage you to eat that donut now and then, because the more we say no, 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 the more we apt we are to cave and to binge. And while making more nutritious choices, we're also making sure that we're not eating 1500 calories a day of just carbs or just fat. Most of us tend to not eat enough protein. And this is a great way to ensure that we're fueling our body the way it was designed to be fueled. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And then you had mentioned it earlier too, you know, this mindset of all or nothing. 
Yeah. And then, you know, someone who's telling them like a personal trainer, of like, actually, no, you can add in these things. That's new. That's scary. Like, how do you help people break that mindset of like, I'm on the wagon, I'm off the wagon? Yeah, that is hands down the biggest conversation that, that I have with clients in Facebook groups, on Instagram, anywhere that I am. Like, this is such when people say to me, what is the single biggest piece of advice you can give? It's not a question. It's this. We have been so brainwashed by this industry to believe we're either eating clean six days a week or with that one cheat day, whoever came up with that idea, or we've broken our diet and we'll start again on Monday. We'll start in the new year. We'll start next month, whatever, like these arbitrary dates. We're either rocking our workouts five, six days a week, or, well, I'm just going to sit on the couch every day and start again next month. And the single biggest mindset shift we can make is this idea that there's no such thing as in or out. Like you are on and you are never going to be perfect. If you eat a donut, awesome. I hope you enjoyed the hell out of it. And then you get right back on, not the next week, not the next month, just the next moment you're right back on. And it's interesting because people will come to me in my Facebook group and say, Hey, Hey, like I haven't done anything. I don't work out at all. I've never tracked my food. Should I sign up for your 12 week program? And a lot of times my answer is, yeah, you should one day, but not right now. Let's start with this. Let's start with a week of tracking your food and just get an idea of what's going on. Let's feel into what the minimum amount of exercise feels comfortable for you. And let's start there. Because at the end of the day, and this is where we go back to the human psychology that you were talking about, we are designed to be pleasure-seeking creatures. The way that human beings are designed is that we are designed to avoid pain and seek pleasure. So anytime we do something small, that feels good, we don't have to force it. Our body's going to naturally go, holy crap, that felt good. What else can I do? What else can I do? And when we take those baby steps and let momentum play its role, now we're letting that snowball run to roll down the hill. But what most of us have spent our whole lives doing is we pick up this massive boulder and we say, okay, new year, new me, right? Day one, I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to eat clean six days a week. And now we're trying to push this boulder up a hill and our body's saying, this is painful. This is painful. This is uncomfortable. This is restrictive. And then we wonder why it doesn't last. So when we make this mindset shift of I'm on, doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to mess up all the time. But as long as I keep getting back on, as long as I keep taking baby steps, then momentum becomes my best friend. And six months from now, we look back and we've completely changed our life without this flick the switch major life overhaul. I love that because at the end of the day, like the goal isn't perfection. It's yeah. not you know, I'm going to work out every single day for the rest of my life and I'm never going to eat dessert. So if that's not even the end goal, then, okay, you're not off the wagon if you do those things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that, I mean, that goes back to why I love macro tracking, because suddenly when, when you live in this restrictive state of can and can't eat foods of good and bad foods, you're setting yourself up for failure. Cause at some point you're going to have pizza, you're going to have ice cream, and you have a choice then. It can either become part of your weight loss routine, right? Like you can literally eat a donut and still lose weight if you learn how to. Or you can use it the way that most of us have our whole lives of, oh crap, I just ate a donut. I'll start again on Monday because I messed it up. And making that mental, and all it is is a decision. You literally, like this is the end of each chapter in my book. There's a section that says put in the work. And the very first part in the work, put in the work in, in the first chapter says that today you commit that you're on. That's it. You sign a contract, you say you're on and you're going to mess up. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to eat shit. You're not supposed to eat. And you're, you're still on that didn't change anything. And it's just simply making a commitment and then continuing on no matter what. Oh, this has been a great conversation. Like I feel motivated now of like <laughs> everything that I'm doing is enough. You know, sometimes you yes. need that reminder of like, 
what I'm doing is enough. And like, yeah, I might not see any changes now. I don't feel stronger now, but it's the momentum, you know, like I am getting there. Yeah. And especially this, like, as I don't know when this will be released, but as we're recording this, it's the holiday time. And a big conversation that I have with people this time of year is, listen, between Christmas and New Year's, this is not a time to lose weight. If your goal right now is to put horse blinders on and say, I have to stick to my diet hundred percent, like you are missing out on life right now. But what we can do in these periods is we can focus on what you just said. We can focus on habits. We can focus on momentum and using the weeks. I don't believe in new year, new me, like the calendar flipped a date. That doesn't mean that we wake up a new person. But what we can do is build momentum in these weeks leading up to the new year. So when that calendar flips, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, that snowball is going down the hill. Now it's time to rock the new year, not, oh, the calendar flipped. Let me do a major life overhaul that's totally unsustainable. It's all about those baby steps. It's all about that momentum. Yeah, those are great reminders for us today. And so before we go, is there anything else that you'd love to leave us with? Any last piece of advice? The biggest, you know, the biggest thing that I can reiterate is what we've been talking about with this all in all out. And again, I I go back to this a lot because I hear it a lot about this mindset piece, just really being the missing key to a lot of things. I like to relate it to, we've heard the cliche of lottery winners who blow their earnings within the first two years. And it's such a poignant example though, because if you think about it, if you believe that money is the root of all evil, or you believe that having money makes you selfish or whatever those limiting beliefs are, Adding a bunch of zeros to your bank account is just giving you more money to blow to get back to your homeostasis, right? If you believe that having that money makes you selfish, you are going to subconsciously self-sabotage to get back to a place where you don't feel like a greedy human being. And without realizing it, so many of us are doing that with health and fitness, where we've been raised to believe that people who are in shape are vain or only care about themselves. We believe that taking time to go to the gym makes us a bad parent and whatever limiting belief is out there. And when we take this time to really do the work and step back and realize, you know what, this is not about how I look in the mirror. This is not about checking to see if I have bicep bumps yet or whatever it is. This is about energy. This is about how I show up in the world. And to go back to our conversation about kids and students, they're sponges. We've heard that cliche that they're sponges. And it's so true because they're reading off your energy. So when you're showing up hanging by a thread and low energy and just trying to grind through the day, that's how they're believing life is. But when you're, they, you know, they call putting the oxygen mask on yourself first in the airplane, when you're taking care of yourself first, that is literally the least selfish thing you can do. Because when you show up with that energy and that zest for love and that confidence, then the people around you are like, holy crap, let me drink the Kool-Aid. Let me do what she's doing, right? And you start inspiring people around you and you start encouraging them to live their best life. So when we talk about this mindset work, there's so many pieces to this. There's the all in, all out. There's the limiting beliefs. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to the you that's showing up in this world. And you have to put in the work. The same way that my biceps won't grow if I don't go lift heavy stuff this mindset stuff doesn't just fall into place. We actually have to do the work and do the exercises to train it along with us. Oh, that was a great message to leave us at. Just like the more that you show up for yourself, then you're just becoming better for everyone else around you too. So that is 100%. great. And so where can they find you, work with you, get your book, all of that, Rachel? Yeah, for sure. So the book is on Amazon. It's called Becoming Mind Strong: The Truth About Health, Fitness, and the Bullshit That's Holding You Back. But you can just search Becoming Mind Strong. Um, I'm on Instagram. I do a lot of workout stuff on Instagram, a lot of form help. It's at get mind strong. And I have a private Facebook group. Sorry guys, but it's just for women. 
Uh, if you search MindStrong Fitness on Facebook, uh, I have a super active, super supportive um, Facebook community there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.